Hi everybody, welcome to this special podcast and uh, I'm here with Patrice Palmer and we're going to be talking about Patrice's life and works in ESL and what she's doing at the moment, what she's up to and uh, looking to the future as well. So I was lucky enough to be interviewed by Patrice for her podcast uh, teacher to teacherpreneur podcast and so I thought it was about time I returned the favor and thought you know we could learn a lot more from talking to Patrice so uh, first question is really uh, apart from saying hello Patrice hello Matt uh, what are you up to at the moment um, I'm I'm doing a lot, um, mainly outside of the classroom these days. So my my big project is teacher to teacherpreneur, and I've been interviewing teacherpreneurs all over the world who are doing really interesting things, and uh, I'm learning a lot from them about um, the struggles and joys of transitioning from teacher to teacherpreneur and, and sharing those interviews. Um, on my website and social media and actually as you had mentioned you were um, what I call one of the first teacherpreneurs so I was happy to be able to uh, interview you Matt. It's very kind of you to say so, thank you. You're Um, welcome. What have you learned so far from from doing these interviews? What has been something that surprised you or was the most interesting thing for you about these interviews? I would say that um, going outside of one's comfort zone has really been a shared experience for teacherpreneurs. So as I mentioned, I've interviewed 40 and only one teacherpreneur said that comfort zone was not an issue. So obviously he he is a very confident uh, person, but all of the other teacherpreneurs indicated that, you know, they really had doubts about putting themselves out there. You know, did they have something worthy of sharing? You know, could they do it? Who would read their blogs or, or download their materials, purchase their ebooks? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really interesting to see that, you know, this is really a common um feeling that teacherpreneurs have. So it's not natural for a teacher just, you know, to come up with an idea and then, you know, write an ebook and then um, try to promote it. You know, we really do have to um, push ourselves um, Mm -hmm. to put ourselves out there. So I I would say that was the biggest um, learning for me. And can I ask you just to to clarify, what's the difference in your opinion or in your mind between a a normal teacher, let's say normal if there is such a thing as a normal teacher, and a teacherpreneur? And I've even read today on one of your sites about an easelpreneur as another word, sort of portmanteau word. Well, you know, I think as teachers, you know, we, we do our training, we, we gain experience year after year. Uh, we're in the confines of our classroom. We may teach the same 
level for many, many years. And I think we do develop um, a comfort level. You know, after 20 years of teaching and many years of teaching EAP, I often said, you know, I could teach essay writing in my sleep. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so, you know, I wasn't really pushing myself creatively or or learning new skills, even though I was trying to find new ways to approach um, essay writing, for example. So I think with the teacherpreneur, you know, we're putting ourselves out there um, in front of our peers. And I think that's what's always scary for us is, you know, how will we be judged? And even one of the interviews I did this morning, a teacherpreneur in Russia was saying that she really faced a lot of criticism from her peers when she started doing workshops and you know so I think uh, if we have an experience like that it really may prevent us from moving forward and really um, fulfilling you know um, our, our dreams and ideas as teacherpreneurs. I mean the the part of the word preneur comes from I'm guessing comes from entrepreneur which implies somebody who has ideas and is a self-starter and makes money and you know does something in business, sets up a business and does something to make money. And usually entrepreneurs are talked about as successful people. So <coughs> is it necessary to be a teacherpreneur and try to, to make money, extra money on top of your salary or can we just stay as a sort of as a teacher without going into business or setting up uh, self-employed status? You know, I think that's a really good question. And I recently taught um, a four-week course, teacher to teacherpreneur, for mm -hmm. ITDI Pro. And one of the things that I talked about was that everyone's teacherpreneur journey is unique mm -hmm. and it's what works for you at this particular time in your life. So, um, for example, my son's gone off to university. I don't have small kids at home. I have a lot more time than a teacher who mm. um, is teaching full time, um, maybe at different schools, has small kids or, you know, people who are just starting their career. So I, I like to say that, you know, it really is the journey that you want to have for you and everybody's experience and expertise is going to um, play into what they want to do. So for example, um, I, I do a bit of online teaching, but you know, because I taught for so many years, I would rather spend my time writing and that's okay. Um, I know you do a lot of online teaching. Um, that's what you want to do right now. Some teachers have a combination of doing online teaching, selling some resources. Again, I think it's so, the beauty is that it's so flexible and specific to what it is that we want to do. So there's no one um, roadmap, for example, that says these are the steps that you must follow and this is what you must do. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense now. Um, you talked about the comfort zone and really, yeah, it's important to step out of it for teachers and students. I mean, a lot of students get stuck in the in the rut, especially with a course book kind of lesson and they get just do what's expected of them. And mm -hmm. when you try something different, they, they're really shocked and 
go into their shell like uh, so many snails or uh, turtles or tortoises. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, tell me about a time when you've really had to step out of your comfort zone and take a risk in the classroom. Oh, well, I think, you know, one of the things that I was a TESOL trainer for a while, and one of the things that I would tell um, TESOL students is that, you know, we have to say yes to everything because at some point in your career, you're going to look back and think, wow, I can't believe I've done all of those things. And I think, um, you know, it is it is frightening sometimes when, um, somebody says, you know, do you want to teach this TOEFL class or do you want to write uh, a new course? Um, you know, we may just say no um, because it's outside of our comfort zone. But it just, I think our skills just, it's like, you know, um, a snowball rolling down a hill, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we might start at the top in our career, but um, we just keep gathering um skills and talents and expertise as this, you know, snowball um, rolls down the hill. So always say say yes to everything. Um, so for me, and I guess it was really just writing courses. Um, you know, when I was asked, you know, do you want to write this course? I thought, well, that sounds interesting, but I, you know, I don't know how to do it. Um, I did have a really great boss when I was in Hong Kong. And, um, you know, she kind of scared me because she was really, um, you know, this accomplished, amazing woman. Um, But she always made me believe that she had faith in my abilities. So, you know, I think if we surround ourselves with those um, teachers or bosses that um, see in us what we Mm -hmm. don't see, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we've got us, we got, we have to take small steps um, and have many successes, and I think that's what helps us um, tackle the next thing that appears to be outside of our comfort zone. I think as well that the boss is so important. I mean, for me, the kind of boss that that works for me is someone who who gives you these tasks to step out of your comfort zone, and who who tells you, yes, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Just try and you can do it. And they don't mind if it fails. Though they're not exactly. really bothered if it fails. And like, you know, more than likely it won't fail. But this sort of person, I've had this sort of person in my, in my teaching career quite early on. And, uh, you know, it really enabled me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have uh, maybe dreamed of doing like maybe leading a a group of 40 students uh, to London on a trip, you know, booking the coach, doing everything really from booking the coach, planning the route, walking around London with them. And a few years earlier, I wouldn't have have dreamed of, of even thinking about doing that. And I think that the great thing about those types of of, of bosses that um, make us feel like we can do it is is that's that's how we are with our students. Like we never say to students, "Oh, you'll never pass IELTS," or "You'll never be able to write this essay." 
we never do that with our students, mm-hmm. um, but we're yeah. very hard on ourselves, I think. And I just wanted to, to go back and talk a bit about failure. So I'm reading a book right now called Designing Your Life, mm-hmm. and it's based on design thinking, which, you know, I've just kind of recently discovered and really interested in um, how design thinking is applied to everything in life and they talk a lot about failures and you know when you think of you know Thomas Edison is always used as you know kind of the the poster child for failure because he had you know thousands and thousands of um, failures but never really gave up and I think that's you know one of the things about being a teacher mm. and a teacherpreneur is that you know we may write an ebook that flops but you know it's going back to the drawing board and and not kind of um, basing your ideas about your capabilities on that mm-hmm. one failure mm-hmm. and you know failures happen that's how things are improved right we go back to the drawing board so um, you know, I think it's just there's so much in terms of, um, you know, marketing products online and using social media. Um, how do you blog? I think, you know, maybe in the olden days it was easier just to have a book published and sold in a in a bookshop. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there are all kinds of other skills um, that we have to learn. And, um, you know, maybe... It's it's a good idea to to get people to help us with some of those skills when we just feel overwhelmed and it prevents us from moving ahead. I think yeah, I have to agree with you. And we don't always know what is going to be successful or not. And you have to write. If you're a writer, you have to write what what you're passionate about, what you want to write. Some of my my books have been successful. I don't know why they were. They just seemed quite ordinary sort of books of worksheets, while other books were really close to my heart and really from the heart. And I thought, wow, this is a brilliant idea. And this, these sort of books can be the least popular or the least downloaded or whatever. So sometimes we don't know what is going to be popular. No, but I guess the thing is somebody did purchase those ones that, you know, maybe didn't seem to be as popular as the grammar worksheets, for example, but that resource still helped a lot of people. And maybe it was more for a specific um, part of English language learning or somehow it appealed to a group of people. So you you did something right. It's not like you had zero sales. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and my, a lot of my books were f- uh, just free downloads, but th- they were downloaded, you know, hundreds of thousands of times. So far more people have read them or used them than would have ever bought them. So um doesn't make any money, but it's, I'm not really a preneur from this, but uh helps other people, which is good. Well, and I think, you know, there's there's a big debate about free resources and should we give things away for free because mm. people start expecting things for free. And I think, um, you know, we shouldn't give everything away for free, but I think, um, you know, if you give some things away, then, um, you know, it just sort of shows that... Um, that, uh, you know, you're not just in it for the money and, you know, the heart of teachers is that 
you know, we want to help people learn. Yeah, and we get, of course, we get a lot of pleasure from that. But I noticed on your website there are some resources which are free and some which we must pay for. So what is the thinking behind that? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of things in the public domain. So on my website for new teachers, um, my most popular downloads are my warm-up activities. So I have a volume one and two with 20 warm-up activities. Now, those aren't my own ideas. Those are, you know, modified or things that I've used over the years. So, you know, I, I would, I don't think it's right to, to sell them because we can't even trace back, you know, where did two truths and a lie come from? You know, it's just impossible really to... But you've written them, that's in your words, isn't it? And so it's your, you've modified them by by using your own uh, voice to describe them. I guess so. So, yeah, I have kind of put them all in one place. But um, in email marketing, there's something called a lead magnet. So, you know, by giving away those things for free and um, putting links on social media, then I'm actually driving people to my website. Mm -hmm. And I do have an ebook. Um, for example, that's for sale, and I do instructional coaching. So, you know, those lead magnets bring people to my site, and um, you know, that's that's how I attract people. I get followers. Um, you know, I used to have a lot more free stuff on my site, but um, I've kind of taken a few things down that I didn't think were great in the beginning. I'm just like, oh, I have all this free stuff. I'm just going to put it up and. Then I kind of took a good look one day and I thought, you know, I, I don't know if that is a really good resource. I think I'm just going to take that down for, for now and maybe, you know, improve on it later. But in the beginning, it was just my mentality was uh, the more I have, the better. But in fact, when I look at the numbers of people who have downloaded warm-up activities, I kind of think, oh, well, you know, why make other free resources when that? seems to be what teachers are really interested in it just makes me laugh a little bit because that's how i started um there was a site called sitesforteachers.com and the whole aim of the game was to get rated on this site to get onto the the front page of it because you would get loads and loads of referrals from this site and my sort of hook was when i started writing worksheets that sort of came out of me in this in this sort of uncontrolled flood of worksheets and it was you know first it was 20 free worksheets 30 40 50 and then 100 and this was my sort of selling point and um they weren't always all great <laughs> but it was sort of the the thing that got got me going and got the website going at, at that stage Right. And I think, you know, it's a lot of it is hit and miss. You know, when we first start out as teacherpreneurs, there's just so much that we don't know. And um, that's one of the reasons why I designed a toolkit um, to help teachers transition to teacherpreneurs. Um, I've spent the last year and a half, you know, trying to figure stuff out. And um, I think, you know, sometimes it's just overwhelming or we don't really know how to start. And um you know, it's just a way to, to save people reinventing the wheel, I guess. Um, 
but before we end today, I just wanted to add one thing okay. um, that I, I learned this week about, you know, hiring people to help us. So we, we talked a bit about, you know, the skills needed to kind of navigate email marketing and the online world. And, and so um, I just had a new logo designed and I paid a graphic designer to do it for mm -hmm. me. And, you know, I think it just um, made me realize a couple of things. And that is, you know, money that we spend as teacherpreneurs in our brand or any kind of marketing or online um, help that we get really just um, is an investment in our teacherpreneur business. And sometimes, you know, we can do things ourselves, but not very well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I look at the logo, I think, you know, there's no way I could have done that myself. I could have gone on Canva, mm -hmm. fooled around a bit mm -hmm. and, you know, designed some type of um, logo. But, you know, I think if, if we're going to uh, be in this for the long haul, then we have to think about making some investments um, along the way. Yes, it's an investment and it's it's an added layer of professionalism, isn't it? And I think, you know, that's a good point too. It's that this is not just a little hobby that I do on the side and I'm just going to put a few resources out there. You know, I always say that teachers are professionals and this is one reason why I think teachers should be on LinkedIn because it's a professional site and we are professionals. And um, so we have to, you know, make sure that um, our image or branding is, is professional. And just finally, can you tell me about what you're working on at the moment? What's your latest uh, project? I'm in the process of designing an online course and um, I have about eight modules. I've sort of broken it down into what I think are um, the important things that teacherpreneurs um, need to know and so working on that. Um, I'm a little bit stuck on the technology so um, I'm not sure if this means that I'm going to have to get somebody to maybe help me with the audio but um, we'll mm. see so I'm, I've, I've done the content and then I'm heading off to Ethiopia for about a month oh wow um, yeah in the spring to do some curriculum development um, training so I'm really excited about that and you know being outside the classroom gives me the freedom which I really really want um, uh, to be able to travel any time of the year so yeah super um, yeah, looking forward to that. Well, it would be good to learn about that when you've come back, maybe. Um, a little bit in the future. Okay, I and will. How can people it. sign up for your course? It's Teacher to Teacherpreneur Online Course. And I think yeah. there are different levels that we can sign up for. Well, my toolkit's ready now. Um, that's that's a download um, PDF download. Um, the course online courses. Um, I don't. I can't really give you a timeline on that. But um, my web my website is www.teacherpreneur.ca. So um, have a read of um, interviews. There's. Um, couple of free downloads and then the toolkits there so um, and I'm always happy to answer any questions if uh, somebody wants to email me 
great. It's really good to talk to you, Patrice. And we could keep going, I think, for longer. But um, we'll have to finish. But this is going out on Patrice's podcast, Teacher to Teacherpreneur. Also, it will be in included in my podcast, Poland on ELT. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And then you'll always get the latest episodes and find out what we're doing. So thanks for listening today and to see you in the next podcast.